are listening to an extra shot episode on the Project Zion podcast, a shorter episode that lets you get your Project Zion fix in between our full-length episodes. It might be shorter time-wise, but hopefully not in content. So regardless of the temperature at which you prefer your caffeine, sit back and enjoy this extra shot. I'm Karen Peter, and this is Common Grounds, where we have conversations about the liturgical or Christian calendar. And as usual, we'll go through a brief review. Through the seasons and holy days of the liturgical calendar, we relive the story of faith, the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. In each season, we participate with our whole being through scripture, symbol, color, and hymnody, And as we learn about the calendar and live it as a spiritual practice, we deepen our understanding of discipleship and of Christian community. The calendar begins four weeks before Christmas with the season of Advent and moves through Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, Pentecost, and Ordinary Time. Now today, we have a two-part episode. First, we're going to learn about All Saints Day from Daniel Rose, And then we will talk about our own community of Christ saints of the Restoration with Locke Mackay. So, let's get started. I'm in Castle Rock, Washington, and I'm sitting next to Daniel Rose, who is a full-time Community of Christ minister, currently serving as the assistant pastor in the Portland, Oregon congregation. Daniel graduated from college with a degree in music performance and has a Master of Arts in Religion from Community of Christ Seminary through Graceland University. So, welcome, Daniel. Hello. Hi. I'm really happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Now, you and I just met last Saturday, so other than your official bio, I don't know all that much about you. I know some of your family, and I know that you grew up in Mobile, Alabama, so would you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. I grew up in Mobile, Alabama. At about 17 or 18 years old, I went to Graceland University, where I intended to study music education, uh, and I did that for about three years, and then I had a very sudden change of direction after doing an internship in Chattanooga, Tennessee, with the Community of Christ Church down there, and I discovered that ministry was kind of the direction that I wanted to go in. Uh, So I came back, and I shifted my degree from music education to music performance, and then I picked up a minor in church leadership and a minor in human services. Then from there, I applied for the campus ministries um, internship where I was going to go through seminary and stuff, and uh, I'd recently just wrapped up all of my classes for seminary, so it's still pretty fresh. So that's where I've come from, and I am happy to be in the Northwest. It's, this is my eighth month in the Northwest area, so it's it's been a real joy to be in this this new location. 
Excellent. We'll see how you feel after the rainy season. <laughs> well, I'm glad that your seminary experience is pretty fresh in your mind because our topic today is All Saints Day, and that's relatively new to Community of Christ. It's only been on the worship calendar for us for a short time. So give us a brief overview of All Saints Day. What exactly is it all about? All Saints Day is a liturgical holiday that originated out of the early church. And it, it came about in this this kind of fascinating way. The church was kind of a dangerous place in its in its early days. Uh, and because of that, there were a lot of people being killed for their faith, which meant that they were kind of martyrs, right? The church began to honor these people uh, who, who had been killed for their faith in, in Jesus. And part of that, it developed into... Uh, a long list of martyrs and people who were leaders within the church who had lived kind of exemplary lives where they have dedicated themselves to humility and service, dedication. And it kind of got out of hand because it got to a point where there were just so many saints that they were having feast days like every other week. There were, there were just lots and lots of, of, festivals and feast days where they were celebrating the lives of these, you know, monumentous figures in, in the Christian faith. So eventually they, they got to a point where they were just like, let's just have a day. Let's just have a day where we celebrate all of the saints known and unknown, which I think is kind of an interesting phrase because it brings back the idea that uh, sainthood isn't necessarily an, uh, synonymous with fame. Um, so, so, Saints known and unknown kind of it reaffirms the idea uh, that sainthood is not always being the most noticeable people in the world. And not everyone gets notoriety for their sainthood, which I kind of love, right? I think it's, uh, in many ways, it reaffirms the idea that ordinary people are doing extraordinarily loving things in the world. So coming from a tradition where we have for a long time referred to ourselves as saints or Latter-day Saints, both in Community of Christ and many of our listeners coming from other restoration traditions that use the same term. When we say saints, we're more in keeping of that unknown group of people who maybe don't have uh, the attention-seeking, but we try to live lives of faith. Right, yeah. I think there's there's a a really deep connection there that I think is kind of neat and unique to our specific tradition. When I was reading about All Saints Day, one of the comparisons it made was maybe to the government holidays, the secular holidays that we have, of Memorial Day or Labor Day, where we tend to honor those that have gone, even Veterans Day, if you will, where we try to do that, where we try to acknowledge those people who have had made a contribution to our lives. In the Methodist tradition, it said that when they um, experience All Saints Day, that it would be the saints, but also the individuals who personally led one to faith in Jesus. For example, one's grandmother, friend, Sunday school teacher, etc. Did you come across that? Uh, I did, kind of. Uh, I, I also found that in, in the Methodist tradition, it's also not on the first it's the first Sunday of the month. That was the, the, the most, but I did notice that it did say that it's, it's less about the, the specific early church saints and it's, it's about folks who have, who have lived really noticeably good and, and fruitful Christian 
lives. Well, it seems to make it more of a personal experience. Right. So I would honor in All Saints Day those people who really contributed to my discipleship formation and really brought me to a place where I felt like I was connected to Jesus in some way. Mm-hmm. Many of the seasons and holy days that we've talked about on Common Grounds have some kind of scriptural foundation And I was looking at All Saints, and the only thing I could think of was the book of Hebrews and the cloud of witnesses that it um, kind of talks about in there. But what did you find? I I I really didn't find a whole lot. Uh, You it seems like you found more than I did. I kind of I came to a point where I was really considering what examples of sainthood were were spoken in the scriptures, just in general. And I, I kind of it, it led me down the thought process of, of saints kind of possibly being confused as other people to pray to. Mm. When in 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 some ways theologically, it's not what most of our more orthodox sisters and brothers would would possibly say. I think they would they would claim that it's it's more about lifting your your prayers to someone to pray for you and pray on behalf of you mm-hmm. and i i i liked that idea because it it also that correlates with scripture i mean most of the epistles with paul it, he starts his letters very similarly in each letter where he acknowledges the community that he's he's connecting with and he asks them to pray for him and that he's going to be praying for them too. And I think that's, that's, there's something uniquely communal about that. So I, you know, scripturally, there's not a whole lot of direct connections to the All Saints Day calendar, but I think there is a scriptural connection to the sense of community that is found in both All Saints Day and in the work of the saints. I like that, that sense of community. I mean, we do it all the time in the beginning of services with joys and concerns where we share in prayer for others and on prayer list when we take that home with us to make sure that we pray in community for others. So you talked about how it kind of came to be because there were all of these saints and all these feast days, which, by the way, doesn't sound like such a bad thing to me, but we condense it onto, yeah, onto um, all saints. So in Western Christian practice, the the day that we celebrate All Saints is November 1st. And that is coming up soon when we look at All Saints. It tends to be connected to another holiday. So you want to talk a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's kind of interesting that November 1st uh, is All Saints Day and the day right before it, is notorious for being kind of a spooky holiday. Uh, it's Halloween, uh, as, as we all know. And it has kind of an interesting connection uh, because Halloween in and of itself is it's connected to All Saints Day, but kind of in like a colloquial sort of way. Um, I don't think the church really intended to imply that all Saints Day was a holy, holy day. So the day beforehand was the day where, you know, spooky things were going to happen. But that's kind of where culture has taken it. And it's evolved into uh, almost its own secular kind of holiday where there is a sweeping market of candy and costumes and and all sorts of things that aren't 
completely connected to All Saints Day anymore, but they are deeply related uh, in their early inception. I mean, all all hallows, a hallows means, it literally means saint. <laughs> so a hollow mass was, you know, a, a, it meant a mass celebrating the saints. Halloween was originally intended a vigil on the eve of All Hallows. <laughs> so it kind of transformed into what it is today and so uh Hallow's Eve turned into Halloween and and that's kind of where we're at with with that relationship today. So in around the world the way that people have observed All Saints Day mm-hmm. is to go to the graveyard mm-hmm. and put wreaths on graves mm-hmm. or to light candles at graves so they're mm-hmm. hanging out in the graveyard as part of the way to observe mm-hmm. those who have gone before um, in the Christian tradition or in their own lives and congregations mm-hmm. so it kind of makes sense that out of that graveyard experience this um, idea of Halloween, kind of similar in the way we have Mardi Gras, right? Before yes. we have Ash Wednesday and begin the process of Lent, mm-hmm. something in the human experience makes us go the opposite of whatever it is we're going to experience. So <laughs> Halloween has become the uh, the spooky graveyard yeah. preparation for All Saints Day. Mm-hmm. When we talk about it and, and talk about observing it, mm-hmm. and one way would be to take flowers or candles and to light um, candles and um, and place wreaths at the grave of one who was important to us in that. But what what are some ways that we would observe it in congregational life? What is what is a way that all saints can be made real in the life of a congregation? Well, I think it it might be easy for us to to think that that. Practicing All Saints Day means that we have to exclusively think about, you know, saints that have, have, you know, become almost iconic, like St. Patrick or, or St. Francis of Assisi, who are uh, arguably very awesome important, saints. awesome saints, very important saints. I, I would suggest that to really embrace what All Saints is, it's, it's about embracing the communal experience of Christianity. Um, old and new. It's like adding our voices and our understanding and our struggle to the lives and, and experiences of those who have gone through the same thing. Reflecting on those who have come before us, who have, who have also struggled to, to discern what God is and how God interacts in our lives, old and recent. There's, there's 2,000 years of people to look back on and to reflect fondly over. I think that's that's really a, a way we can embrace um, how All Saints Day can, can affect us today, um, really reflecting and embracing the memory of, of people who came before us. It seems it would also take us out of the center of the narrative, which we get caught up in, and instead places... Christ at the center of the narrative, Christ at the center of the community. Uh, that's lovely. So in your own um, experience with All Saints Day, when was the first time you remember hearing about or observing All Saints? So in the community of Christ, we've only really recently started to 
observe All Saints Day. So growing up, I haven't really heard anything about All Saints Day. But I, I think the first time I really had a conscience understanding of of what the liturgical holiday was, I, I was reading a, a book by Nadia Boltz Weber called Accidental Saints. It's a really, really amazing book. I'm, I'm a really big fan of, of Nadia's work. But in the first chapter, she, she talks about her church having an All Saints Day celebration and she's adding these people in, in her own life that have influenced her own spirituality to the list of, of saints that they were, uh, wanting to honor as well as, you know, uh, saints that existed in ancient times. And she, she eventually came across this, this one example that I think it sets the tone for the rest of the book. She, she came across this one example of a saint who initially she thought was going to be this amazing and, and very relatable individual who started a church in Denver. And she was one of the first women in Denver to start her own church. And she was an advocate for women's rights in this particular denomination, which was super awesome. But she, she found out later that this is, this same lady was a well-known racist and a supporter of the Klan. It's interesting because she struggled with, with that. And I, I, it's fascinating the way she spun that particular story because obviously she's not a proponent or a supporter of racism or the Klan or anything like that, but she, she struggled to, to still see the good in, in the, the hard work that this individual did despite her flaws and despite her brokenness. And I really liked that. Uh, so I, my, my first impression of All Saints Day is really an acknowledgement of how individuals can still find good work and still be broken we're we're still allowed to be busted people which i love i love that idea and i that's that was probably my my first real understanding of the theology behind all saints day so do you have a favorite saint i do i do a, a few months ago i was in professor tony shavala smith's class and we were studying a, a time period in christian history where the the Bible was being translated into Latin by one saint named Saint Jerome, who is arguably a, a figure who is almost single-handedly a turning point for the success of Christianity to continue and to grow into to what it would eventually become. I'm drawn to this character who translated the Bible because he was kind of a busted guy, which I think it's really interesting because he, he apparently was really grumpy all of the time. He didn't really have great hygiene, apparently. He didn't have a lot of friends. A lot of people found him kind of unpleasant, but he still is added to this list of people who served diligently and served the church in a way that, that brought life and, and, and love into the world, which I think, again, it reaffirms the idea that saints aren't necessarily just amazing, wonderful people. They're, they're broken inside, but that doesn't necessarily matter. There's, uh, always work to be found and, and work to do. So as we look at our own discipleship and our own brokenness and our own work to do, as you articulately voice, how then can All Saints and the observation of 
the holiday or the practice in congregational life, how can that inform us as disciples today? What what real difference does having All Saints on our worship calendar and in our understanding, what kind of difference can that make in our discipleship? Well, I think it it makes a difference in it makes a difference by adding a human face to the history of Christianity in the, in a lot of ways. It it affirms the idea that there is 2000 years worth of people that have searched and strived to understand this essentially really difficult thing to comprehend and it's a, a long timeline of people who have also tried to understand God. And I think there's, there's something significant about that because in, in some ways, I think Christianity and, and the church can get so caught up with the metaphysical and, and, uh, mystical side of Christianity when there's also this other side of solidarity to be found with people who have also spent their whole lives trying their darndest to understand what it is that Christianity means to them and how it is shaping their own lives in responding to that frustration and that angst almost in saying, I'm going to work anyways. Even though I'm frustrated and broken, I'm going to find meaning in in what it is that I, I feel led to do. And I think that's that's really important if by... By acknowledging this, this long list of humans who have found meaning and found guidance and structure amongst this really difficult thing to comprehend, I think by doing that we allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough to, to see that own brokenness and that own striving within ourselves. I think spiritually we have a lot to gain by acknowledging that we're not the first people to try and do this. <laughs> and we won't be the last right. people. And part of those who will come before are the children that we have in our families, in our relationships, and in our congregations. So if I were to give you the task of explaining All Saints Day to children, how would you do that? I, w- I would tell them that there are stories found in our history um, that are still speaking to us, that there there are voices of people who have come and gone that are still worth listening to, um, and that there's a lot to learn uh, from from the people that came before us. That's that's a really hard question. And what would you say? I think perhaps I would default to something that children could do, mm. whether it's the small, the little battery-operated candle lights that we have yeah. and have them think about the people who they think are good teachers of the Bible or yeah. people who love Jesus, and then ask them to... Um, light a candle, and we would list the names. So something physical. Something physical yeah. that they could grasp. I read the same article by Nadia Bols weber and yeah. she had that great idea of having oh, the cookies, the cookies yes. for each person. And the cookies. She wasn't, it didn't really pan out for her, as I remember <laughs> the article. But what they did was they had someone bring something that symbolized an individual who mm-hmm. had been really important to them in their walk of discipleship and place that item mm-hmm. on the altar and write that person's name on a card. So I think I would 
probably go there with that. But one of the reasons I ask the question is I'm, I'm always not sure right. how this particular one would be best explained, um, to children. But I do know you've given us an awful lot to think about <laughs> All Saints Day and the community of which we are a part, the greater community of which mm-hmm. we are a part. So, are there any last thoughts that you have about All Saints Day that before we conclude, you'd like to share? I think there, the other thing that I would say about All Saints Day is that it is a really, really amazing opportunity to um, get us to start thinking ecumenically, that there are a lot of other denominations that not only celebrate this liturgical holiday, but have contributed to this liturgical holiday. I think there's there's a lot of value in in removing the otherness uh within Christianity um acknowledging that there are differences in in taking pride in our differences but also acknowledging that there's a lot to to uh work in solidarity with um with with our sisters and brothers in in different denominations. Well Daniel, I want to thank you for being our guest today to talk about All Saints. I looked up in the Community of Christ Sings uh, hymnal and found the hymn that is, I think, most closely associated with All Saints, and it's called For All the Saints. And so I'll close with one of the verses. For all the saints who from their labors rest, who thee by faith before the world confessed, thy name, O Jesus, be forever blessed. Alleluia, alleluia. And to everyone listening, this November 1st, we will together experience all saints with a deeper connection to those who've gone before, those now walking the path of discipleship, and those yet to come. Next, we're going to visit with Locke Mackay and explore who the saints of community of Christ or the saints of the restoration might be. Again, this is Common Grounds. I'm Karen Peter, and we've had a wonderful conversation with Daniel Rose. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Project Zion Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast streaming service you use And while you are there, give us a five-star rating. Project Zion Podcast is sponsored by Latter-day Seeker Ministries of Community of Christ. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Latter-day Seeker Ministries or Community of Christ. The music has been graciously provided by Dave Hines.